Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. We've got a great guest, we've got great conversation. We've got Ingren with us from Web Squadron. We're going to be talking about all things web design, WordPress. It should be a feast of knowledge. I've also got my great and patient co-host. So, Kerr, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure, sure. Yeah, my name is Kurt Von Anen. Uh, I run an agency called Manana Nomas, uh, focused largely on membership and learning websites. We also work directly with uh, the great folks at WP Tonic and Lifter LMS. And we're going to be discussing how Ingram got into the, the world of WordPress and web design. It's an interesting story in itself. Plus, we're going to be discussing his thoughts of where WordPress is in the beginning of 2024 and web design and a feast of other topics but before we go into the meat and potatoes of this great interview, we've got a couple messages from the show's major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Tired of hosting providers that can't handle high traffic loads? Convesio is here to help. Our platform can handle any amount of traffic, all without slowdown or crashing. With immediate Slack support, performance optimization and a team that thrives on resolving technical challenges your e-commerce business is in safe hands learn more about Convesio at Convesio.com are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging sensei lms by automatic is the original wordpress solution for creating and selling online courses Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. I just want to point out we've got a curated list of some of the best WordPress plugins and services, plus some great special deals from the major sponsors. You can get all these goodies by going over to wp-tonic.com slash deals. wp-tonic.com slash deals. And you'll find all the goodies there. What more could you ask for? Probably a lot, but that's all you're going to get from that page. So let's go straight into it because I've attempted to do this twice, this introduction, and I have miserably failed listeners and viewers. But if you're a regular part of the tribe, you'd be well aware of my limitations. So Imran, it's great to have you on the show. I've been watching your vid- your YouTube channel for a long time. You're very entertaining. But you've also, so how did you get into the world of web design, and then become a kind of YouTube WordPress celebrity. What was the twisty road that got you there? I, th- I think I have the most twisted road ever possible because most people, when you find out they work with WordPress or something, they either were involved in some sort of creative industry or they worked in web design for many years and then it's led to where they are. Me, if you if you go back 25 years ago, I was actually working or I was studying for a medical degree with the eyes for optics uh, at the University of Sheffield in the UK, ocular motility movements of the eyes. And it, it was a great course. You know, let me tell you now, when you're in a class where there's only 25 people and uh, there's only two boys and the rest are female, it's a great time to be at university. Let me tell you that now. Um, <laughs> It was a great course. However, in 1999, I had a brain tumor uh, and it was removed and it actually changed my perspective on life. So at the age of like 20, I started thinking about what do I really want out of life? And I wanted to do what I want to do. Well, it's extremely dangerous, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, I, I was in the, I was in that kind of rebel mode. So I left university in 19, like, Four months after my operation, I left university, I left home, I I literally went off the grid, no one knew where I was, I went to live in a bed sit, because um, I was fed up of 
friends, family, basically everyone that didn't, <laughs> didn't agree with me got a job. And I just started working and uh, working with the council. And eventually I went back to university to do a part-time law degree, got a job in the NHS. And it was in the NHS that I started building a name for myself because I started analyzing data and working with SQL databases and analyzing information, Excel, data mining. And it was at that point around 2003 I started getting, ex, um, um, I, I wanted to get involved with websites. Like I, there was a team next door to us. They were the slowest technical team ever. They would build oh, I'm websites. so surprised. I'm so surprised they, they did that. They were like, they took their time. Like, and I watched them. And I started learning HTML and, you know, designing and styling and all of that. And bit by bit, I started to improve my skill set. And, I started designing websites because while I was studying my law degree, because I did it in the evening, I was classed as a mature student. And there were lots of people in my class that were um, either around the same age or they were professionals in their own areas. And some of them were exploring websites as well. Remember, this is 2003. This is still like, you know, for some people, the early days of the internet still relatively. I I was knocking, I'd done my degree and I was running one business and I started as a freelance, I don't know if you can forgive me for this, actually. I I was one of those that was knocking out uh, flash websites and doing action script. I was one of those. I was one of those tossers. No, no, no. Everything was flash then, you see. You know, I mean, come on. The moment we realized we couldn't open Flash websites on our iPhones in 2007, we all were like, what? How dare they? Now we don't care for Flash. But back then, we were like horrified. You know, I can't open a Flash website. But so I had my NHS job, but I still tinkered with websites. And then WordPress came on the scene or it was there and I played around with that. But I always got frustrated because I was an expert in web design and I could you know, I always felt like I was spending money. I mean, back then, you remember Theme Forest? Every other yeah. week you went yeah. and you bought a theme. Oh, I want to do something else. Oh, I'll buy another theme and I want this. Oh, I'll buy another theme and just... I always, I always, I look back there and I wish I'd be more involved in the community because I had oh. this, I had this, I always felt that this sickness that you were describing was just me. <laughs> it was. But um, I now realise that everybody was in this, the same boat. So there we go. You were throwing around $30, $40 left, right, center because you wanted a new theme. And so, you know, um, up until about six, seven years ago, I was kind of in and out of the WordPress website design because it was like a bit of a hobby, but I wouldn't class myself ever as an expert. And then it wasn't until around 2017, I really put more effort into it. And I started using page builders. You know, I was, you know, mainly WordPress. I focused on WordPress. I tried Wix. I tried Squarespace. I tried lots of other solutions. Do you have to, do you have to, sc- do you have to sc- swear on this podcast? <laughs> What's that, sorry? Do you have to swear on this podcast? Oh, well, oh because I said, well, look, I, <laughs> I was one of those people in 2011 when Wix came out, I got really excited. Three weeks later... I don't think yeah. I could ever link yeah. excitement to Wix. In. I don't think I could ever I, do that. I'm sorry. I think I got caught into that drag and drop and build out. And then I realized very quickly, this is really rubbish. Um, and, and if anyone like, likes Well, Wix, funny enough, a lot of my latest dates have the same response after they go out with me, actually. Oh, uh, well, well, I mean, that's another way of looking at drag and drop. But yeah, it is the same kind of concept in a way, I suppose. And so, so by 2017, 2018, I got into Elementor and I have used other page builders as well. Um, but I found that I was more empowered. And when the lockdown hit in 2020, I had a heart attack. So I've got a stent in my heart now. So I had a heart attack very early on. And, and again, I had, I think every time I have like something affecting my health, I stop and think, what do I really want to do with my life? 
don't and get I, this. You look one of you look at the one one of the most healthiest people we've had on the show for quite a long you know time. Well, I, I, I blame I blame eating lots of samosas when I was a kid, I think. So I blame my parents for my health or whatever had built up in my heart then. But 2020, I saw it was like I'm I'm working 80 to 90 hours a week with the NHS. I was head of business intelligence. I'm busting a gut. I, I support my team. I'm always working hard. Am I really, really happy? And I realize, you know what? I'm happier when I'm creating, when I'm writing, when I'm creating digital art, when I'm making websites, when I know I'm doing something that makes a real difference. So I put more effort into the Web Squadron web agency. I started the YouTube channel. I could see things getting better and, you know, in terms of, um, getting referrals, word of mouth, making connections. And then I decided January 2022, I retired from the NHS. And for the first two months, the income went like that. Boom. Because now you don't have a guaranteed income. Your income's gone. But now I'm earning more now than I was when I was employed. And it's, it's, it's taken time. And I kept looking at it at what do I need to earn to break even with your lifestyle and your, you know, your whatever you spend. So that I could do. And I just keep working with a smile, do what I love doing. And you know what? I probably work harder now than I think I ever done before. I think I put more hours in now, every moment I have, but I love it. And that's the big difference. Before you, you might have worked 70 hours, but it was for someone else. You were doing it because they told you to work. They told you to attend a meeting. They told you to create a report. And deep down, you knew they wouldn't understand it, but you had to create it. But now I decide if I'm going to build a website for you or not. I decide if I'm going to create a video. I decide on the direction I want to go in. And having that control, there's something they say, don't they? They say some. They say people, when they hit their 40s, they have a midlife crisis or they suddenly have a change of direction in what they want to do. And I do think that the decision I made nearly two years ago now is probably the best decision I ever made. And I, I don't regret it. I get to spend time with my family more. You know, well, I get to take my son to school, which I wasn't doing before. I pick him up. I take him to school. I pick him up. We go for walks. Um, so I, I feel like I enjoy life more. There you go. That's my really long answer. No, it's fantastic. Let's hope you feel the same about coming on this podcast. No, I I've, I regret it already. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, already I would. I would. I would. This, funny enough, there's been a few guests that have said they've been regretted it. Um, it's amazing that I get more people coming on. I think the great leader, his little interrogation on this show, but I think he dealt with me. Easily, didn't he? Just, <laughs> he dealt with me with the disdain that I should be treated with. So, Kurt, on to the next question. Well, we've already talked about Wix and Squarespace, so I was hoping we could jump into some details about Joomla and 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 building something that's data driven. <laughs> I my experience with Joomla is not good at all. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I I used to have a really big Joomla project. And I'm could be worse. It could be worse. It could be working with Drupal, couldn't you? Oh, oh. So, um, first off, thanks so much for the way that you, that you've shared there. You know, I, it almost made me thankful that I survived. I survived cancer before I paid any money for college. So I found out what I wanted to do with, without going to that secondary education. So I, I saved myself that one. Um. If we were to think about WordPress and the community and then thinking about where it is in 2024, I mean, do you, do you stay in touch, in tune with it? Do you, do you have any opinions about yes, kind of WordPress and its community right now? I do, I do. So, so one of the reasons why I love WordPress is that there is a community. Yeah. There's hundreds of thousands of people. There's always someone who can either help you out or direct you. And there's so many tutorials, there's so many groups on Facebook, YouTube, loads of places, loads of forums. But at the same time, 
the toxicity that is building within the community is getting worse. And I feel like, I keep saying to people, we are WordPress. Wix, Squarespace, Webflow, there's all these other communities. They hate WordPress. My neighbor, literally next door to me, right, when he asked me what I do and I said WordPress, his face dropped. Because he works with Magenta and he goes to America quite a lot and he works with a company there. And the minute I said WordPress, it was almost like he was judging me. And I feel like we are so powerful. We're over 40 percent. You ever word using that godforsaken bit of Adobe crap? Have you ever tried to work on that? Because I've had the misfortune of having to work with it. No, I mean, it's, um, so I, you know, you know, over 40% of websites still use WordPress. But what I find is that now that we have so many theme builders and page builders, it's literally like, oh, you use Elemental, rule, you use Bricks, you use Breakdowns, you use Gutenberg. You know, there's all this like hatred. And I keep saying to people, who cares? Like, it's like saying, yeah, I drive a BMW. Oh, you drive a Mercedes. Oh, you've got a Ferrari. Who cares? Whatever, whatever sandwich you eat, whatever drink you drink, whatever tissue you use to wipe your ass, I don't care. If you get the job done, you got the job done. And I just feel like, I, what I do like, though, is a lot of the people that I um, network with, we don't care what page builder we use. We sometimes mock each other. Oh, you use this. Oh, you use that. We mock each other, but it's friendly. There's no animosity. But I do think that there is a danger, I think, within WordPress. And I think it's growing. And I think the reason it's getting more toxic is a little bit due to social media generally. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Twitter, if you look at TikTok, if you look at loads of these groups, it's empowered keyboard warriors. Where if never, never, never. <laughs> it's, it's empowered the Jonathans and the Kurtz of this world. <laughs> so, you know, if, if someone doesn't like your YouTube video, they'll come on and go, I don't like the way you look. Well, why are you watching? I you know? totally understand it because I don't you know? like the way I look. So No, no. I mean, I did think twice about it. I, I, I was like, damn, do I really want to be with these two? And I did, you know, but no. But it's like, so it's empowered people to be a little bit, I don't want to say nasty, but they can be a bit nasty. And I always press people nasty. No, it's like, and I worry that we're going to get worse. But then, well, I think, I think um, this is sorry to interrupt. No, no, go. It's your your live chat. (laughs) But um, I think there, I, as I was just, we did a round table show last week and we had Matt Medeiros and we had Kate and um, it was a good discussion. And I kind of, are you, I'm not sure if my American panellists or my audience, I used a very English term, a kind of witch's brew. Um, and I, I do agree with you uh, about the synopsis that you were laying out, that it seems to be getting a bit worse. And I used to do a weekly roundtable show and I decided to make it a monthly one because I think, unfortunately, I was contributing to that, but I was trying to do it in a very English, sarcastic, um, humorous, but I I think it came across to some people as not being that funny. Um, But I think in this witch's brew, I think there's two areas to this. I think there's the area where Gutenberg is going and how the page builders, um, which are great, but they also means that the market fragments. But in some ways, that could it's always been highly fragmented. But then you've got the other camp who don't like the way that WordPress is run. Um, and they've got some legitimate, I feel they've got some legitimate concerns, but they're also, uh, a lot of that crowd have extreme left-wing views and they, um, they slander people, they ban, they, they ban you from Twitter, they, um, 
they they've got an external political agenda that they um, want to impose on the general WordPress community, and I think these deep, these different factors all inter interwined into this kind of witch's brew of toxicity. Do you think there's anything to what I've just set outlined, or do you think I'm losing the plot to some extent? No, no, no. I, I think you're right about that. And but it's um I just think that people need to stop attack, attacking one another and remember that we're web designers. And I always say that most of the time, you know, if you're a Shopify person and that's all you're gonna build websites with, I don't I I I understand Shopify, I don't like using it. But if that's what you want to use, that's your tool of choice and that's your business model and you're earning with it and you're getting clients and they're happy as well, then, you know, um, we should be supporting one another. Because to be honest, let's say Kurt uses Shopify, let's just say, right? And I don't, but I need to build an e-commerce website. I can still learn from what Kurt does. I can still learn by how does he present? What has he experienced with like e-commerce, whether it's e or WooCommerce or whatever? And I feel like, that's the thing that's getting lost with a lot of people with like, well, they look at what you use and then they form like a divide or a tribe. And I feel like, you know, we're web designers, we're creative people, you know. Um, it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of digital art. So in 2007, I went and got myself one of those wonderful Wacom digital tablets and I was, you know, creating digital art. And I got a lot of criticism from people that said, that's not art. Real art is when you're using a proper paintbrush. And I was like, the difference is, though, I'm wasting less resources because I can delete what I get wrong. So I'm probably better for the environment. But it was like, it doesn't matter what tool you use, you know. And now with AI and all these creative tools out there for us, we shouldn't be ashamed of saying, I'm a writer, I'm an artist, I'm a web designer, I, um, I create videos, you know, you know, if you're good at it, you should tell the world about it, you know, be happy with what you do. Yeah, um, I totally agree, but why, let's, let's remove the Gutenberg, well, the, um, the, the kind of, um, thing about Matt and the way that WordPress is governed and the recent um, elements to that. But let's, let's focus on the page builders and Gutenberg. Now, I had Kevin on the show uh, a few weeks ago and he kind of upset a few people. And... Um, I think what he was saying, obviously, he's been accused of um, mercilessly pushing his own book of business. And th there's some justification to that, but also I don't see any problem in it because I think we're all pushing our book of business to some extent. Um, but I think the core of some of his criticisms were justified. Um, but I'd also understand why people got a bit upset because it's like two sets were talking two different languages. Um, you had your kind of hardcore developer who could knock up a JSON file or knock up a custom block mm. in, in 10 minutes and they're wondering what the hell's... And then you've got your kind of more visual individual on web design, the visual graphic design who started off with Divi, maybe stayed with Divi, moved to using Animator, looking at bricks maybe now, where they don't want to become a hardcore React yeah. developer. Um, they don't want, they don't feel they should need to be able to knock up a custom block to do something. And then you got Kevin's argument that the basic, the way that the basic Gutenberg project has gone, it makes it even less um, accessible and based on class structure that a modern 
like a modern CSS framework like Tailwind promotes. Yep. Um, but it looked like the two groups were almost like talking two different languages and that's why they were getting so upset. What's your own take? Do you think there's anything to what I've just said? No, no, you're absolutely right. It just reminds me of the same argument we hear all the time where basically um, you have the hard coders who don't like the page building crowd. The page builders will say, yeah, but it's easier to build than, and it's more efficient than doing the hard coding route. And I often say to both parties that, well, you could almost argue that, right, why are you even using WordPress? If you want to go down the real hardcore coding route, why are you even using WordPress? Why are you not building it in the way it was being built 20, 25 years ago? So, and, and, and I feel like I always come back to the same conclusion that whether you want to do the hard code route, whether you want to use a framework, whether you want to use a page builder, it, whatever you're comfortable with, you know, you, you do it. Um, and, and I think there's, there's always vulnerabilities and flaws and issues with whatever methods you use. The trick, though, is how do we counter that flaw on how do, and how do we work around it to ensure that our websites and our client websites are functional and, sat, and do what they need to do? Because I, I don't think any solution out there is perfect at all. You know, so even a hard-coded website will have flaws, you know. Um, and I just, and, and that's what really gets me, I think. Every time when I see like, this like bickering in groups or whatever, I always feel like you're, you're literally arguing over how to eat an apple, you know, but it's the same apple at the end of the day, right? But, you know, and so, you know, as long as you're not doing anything illegal or dangerous or, or you know, you're not breaking any rules or whatever. Um, yeah, but this, uh, where do you personally feel the Gutenberg editor and the I, Gutenberg project is? How would you, can you give like one or two strengths where yeah. it is and then so, give one or two weaknesses that are, that are, you feel that are obvious where, where it is? For me, the strengths are that you can build a, a really good performance, a high performing website in terms of page speed performance and all of that from the get go. It's not going to take a lot of effort. You don't have to use too many plugins. You can build a really good website. And I feel like it's not that difficult to explain. And I think it's easier for people, if they're happy to just download a theme and then just use the standard blocks, they can be out the door really quick. They can get it done. The flaw with it, though, is that, and if anyone out here loves Gutenberg, please don't take this as a criticism. I don't find it sexy enough. And this is, this is my problem. You know, like um, if I'm deciding on what clothes I'm going to wear, what phone I'm going to get, what 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 device I'm going to have on my thing, it's got to be something that I feel like I want to use it. I want I want to you know I really want to play with it. And I always find that with Gutenberg, it for me it feels a little bit too much like they're slow. It's it, it's evolving. Don't get me wrong, it is evolving, but it's doing it at a bit of a slow rate. And I feel like how much has it moved on when in say you know since it first came out. I do believe, and I've said this two years ago, it wouldn't surprise me if in five years' time I switched to all Gutenberg. It wouldn't surprise me, but I'm not there yet. Because I, I was gonna look, I was gonna move to it a bit more last year, but then I found, oh, but I'm still gonna have to use an extra plugin on top, like generate press or something. I wanna I wanna get to that stage where I know I can. Install WordPress, pure Gutenberg, boom, away we go. And I'm not paying third-party licenses left, right, center for add-ons. This, this is when we need Matt back on the show to say, I told you from the beginning it was going to be 10 years, Imran. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe that when you came out. I never, I don't know where he said that. I never heard that. That was going to take 10 years, but there we go. Never heard that one. Well, we're going to go for our break. When we come back, we've got some other fabulous questions. I've enjoyed the discussion so far. We will be back in a few moments, folks. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS, the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, 
training-based membership website or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to LifterLMS.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code PODCAST20. That's PODCAST20. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back, folks. We've had a feast with England. Um, we've discussed all sorts of WordPress stuff. He's laughed at my jokes. Um, before we go on to the other, the other, he's a sexy beast. Uh, um, so before we go on, I just want to point out that if you're looking for a great WordPress partner, especially if you've got a learning management system, a membership, or a community-based website project using BuddyBoss, why don't you look at um, WP Tonic as your hosting and your project partner? We offer fantastic hosting and a lot, lot more than that. You can find all the details by going over to wp-tonic.com slash partners, wp-tonic.com slash partners. And we'd love to have a chat and help you with your upcoming learning management or buddy boss project. So I think I'm going to throw it over to Kurt again. I think we're on question three. We better hurry up here. All right. Um, we will. I'll be, I'll be quick with my answers. No, it's been my interruptions that have been the problem. Imran's been cool enough to already answer half the question, I think, here. But, um, when we think about web design freelancers and, and how they're trying to grow, get ahead, you know, all the normal challenges of being a freelancer, what do you think are their biggest mistakes connected to like branding and social outreach? Because you've had some success with it. Yeah, so I think, uh, and this is something I talk about a lot, is inconsistent branding. I don't think people stop to think about who am I trying to reach? What, what do I offer? What can I do for you? And they don't back it up. So if you are going to work on a dentist website or you're going to do something that's going to help dentists out there, you need to be putting it out on social media. You need to be sharing the success stories. You need to be showing what you do. And I feel like people, they, they don't, they call themselves a web designer, but they don't, they don't kind of, they don't, they don't focus on the strengths of their brand. And I feel like if you're not consistent with what you're putting out there, you're just like any other web designer. And if you look at the successful people on LinkedIn and whatever, especially the SEO experts, let me be honest, a lot of the SEO experts on LinkedIn talk garbage. They're regurgitating what someone else has done, but they're consistent with the video, with the, you know, whenever they say, here's the 10 things you need to do, they keep doing that. If you're consistent, people notice you more. Um, And that leads into the second thing I want to say is, a lot of people, they underestimate social media. The amount of people that say, I'm struggling to get clients. How do I get clients? I go, well, are you on LinkedIn? Yeah, but I don't really post Twitter. Well, you know, now and again, they're just not putting themselves out there. And you don't want to say, hey, use me. I'll build your website for you. No, 20% of your tweets can be where you showcase your products or what you do. But the other 80% need to be about you. Who are you? Why should anyone care? Because strangers, when they connect with you and go, ah, I quite like Jonathan. I like what he's doing. That would would never happen. I know. I stretched. I had to stretch the reality then a little. But if people say... I'm on a a certain sub list of WordPress fanatics. I'm on their death. I'm on their digital death list. (laughs) But if people just, if people just, but look, a friend of mine, um, she she runs a clinic for the eyes in London and she now wants to reach more clients. And I said to her, you're on LinkedIn, but you never post. The trick, here's the, here's the trick. And if you're watching this, everyone, this is what you do. And I hope you all do this. Grab your phone and record a 30 second video every day. Just a selfie video talking about something you're doing with a client. Maybe you've had an idea. Maybe you've had a problem. 30 seconds and then stick it on LinkedIn. If that's the only thing you do every day, you will get noticed because people might stop and watch, and there's a huge high chance that they might want to connect with well, you. So I'm not asking you to create video. Um, 
I'm not asking you to create a PDF or a, an image or a carousel, literally a 30 second video. And it doesn't have to be perfect or edited, just really simple. Do it on LinkedIn. People will spot you. We have will want to work. I hope, with you, hope you are aware that we have the LinkedIn expert here, my beloved co host. He's written a whole course. Kurt is now going to say, Imran, you're talking rubbish. No, no. He's, Imran, you're on the money because people are investing in all these. They're scattering themselves. I got to do TikTok. I got to do Facebook. I got to do Dex. I got to do. And I'm like, you're, you're a person. Pick one that's going to bring you your best audience, your best interactive audience. And for me, it's LinkedIn because yeah. LinkedIn per capita has the highest spending audience. Businesses. The most business decision makers are on LinkedIn. And I agree with you completely. You've got to be consistent and you've got to be in front of people every day. And it doesn't have to be the best content. It's just got to be content and you got to be yeah. approachable. You know, you have to be approachable and somebody that someone, to your point, looks at it and goes, Emma's a pretty cool dude. I think I could connect with that guy. And then, you know, it might not, that might not be the person that you get the work from. They might refer you to six other people, but it's, it's that you got to keep that churn going. Well, I'll tell you what I do every Friday morning. Uh, and it takes one hour of my time. I already, ha I already have decided what I'm going to say. I record, uh, I record like a video which is about uh, six minutes long, and it's where I talk about ten different things. I then edit it into ten videos, and they're thirty seconds each. And then I just schedule them. And for the next ten days, they go out at midday every day onto LinkedIn, and that's it. That's one hour of my time. So if you can do that. I think I think you can do that, and I think people I think people um, um, they struggle because they go I haven't got the time, and then I go yeah, but if you're not putting yourself out there, you can't complain if people aren't finding you. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, you you got to be consistent. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say about the mistakes when it comes to branding and social outreach. You know, put yourselves out there, um, build a persona, and that's something else you got to do as well. Um, some people are afraid of talking on camera. And I keep saying to them, we all have to do it. We all have to start somewhere. And, um, you know, um, you might have a video call with a client. If that client has already seen you on a video somewhere, they kind of know what to expect kind of thing. Yeah. They, they, there's always a bit of a, a little connection already made. So you can be more at ease. Yeah. And even if you're nervous to speak on video, the nervousness to speak on video can become content that establishes your persona. It, it, all, it all just works together. It With that, does. I'm going to pass to Jonathan. All right. Um, <laughs> um, I, th I think you're totally right there, what you're both trying to point out. Um, but let's go on to another phony subject, um, which I think is a nightmare, really, and that Hopefully you got some insights because I've been doing web projects for almost 20 years now and I still struggle on this. Um, pricing web design yep. projects and, and the ever discussion of scope creep and um, how you deal with it. You know, you, and I feel you can, um, you can, I call it podged. Or just size, you know, you um, have a set list of things you're going to do and try and turn it into a digital product. And by what you were saying about the dentist, focus on a particular industry or individual that you like working with and can help. You can do all of that, but I still, and I think these will help, but I still think your pricing and the correct pricing and dealing with scope creep to some degree. Um, what, got any thoughts and insights about this? Particular yeah, I subject? mean, I, I think we've all been there when we first start off and in the early part of our career where we accepted scope creep because we were afraid of, dis, of letting the client down or losing the client. And we said yes to every job that came through the door, even if you didn't like the client, you didn't like the work, you, weren't believe, you didn't fully believe it, but you needed the income. And I've become very hard now on how I deal with clients and what I will work with in the last two years where um, 
I like to work with what I call is like a pricing ladder. So um, I will say that, you know, um, I will give the client options and I will say, here's what you get as the, as the basic package or whatever for building the website. If you want a bit more, it's X. If you want more revisions, there's another price. If there's a bit more excess you want, other facilities, SEO, whatever, the price goes up. And I always remind them of like what I've done for them. So whenever I work with a client, every day I will email them to let them know where we are. And if I've said that I, I like the homepage, you're allowed two revisions or two loads of rounds of revisions. When we get to the contact page, you're allowed two rounds of revision. I, I let them know. And I, and I kind of like letting them know that like, if you want more, there's going to be an additional cost. So I try and control the scope creep. And um, I, try and, I try and get, well, look, what I do is, and I started doing this two years ago and it's worked, is I now charge for discovery calls. So someone wants to work with me. I will have the initial maybe phone call or exchange of emails to get a feeling for, well, what are they after? And, you know, you know, could this work for both parties? And the moment I now feel like now they want to know more about the website and what I'm going to do for them, I then say there's going to be a discovery call and it's going to cost X. And a load of people say no. And I treat, I don't mind, I treat every project like it is not a real project. Until they pay a deposit and we are now working together, I treat it like I don't care. And in the old days, even if a really nasty person said, I want to work with you and they're only going to pay X, like they might have, like you might have said $1,000 for a website and they go, oh, I'm only going to pay 300. You kind of are like, all right, then, yeah, we'll do it for 300 kind of thing. This is like a long time ago. Um, you know, um, which, which I don't like doing anymore. But once they knew they had you, they could kind of control you and scope creep came in and they told you what to do. Um, now I'm a bit like, no, I'm not going to go lower. And, you know, um, if you want me to go lower, here's what that $1,000 includes. You now decide what you want to take out. So here's an itemized proposal, right? That's $1,000. You only want to pay 300, right? You take out what you want to get to 300. If that means I only do your home page and your contact page and I don't do any of the other pages and no SEO and nothing like that, fine. But that's what you get. So that if then later on they go, oh, could you also do my about page? I go, no. You want me to do the about page? There's the cost for it. So I have found that being, I have found being really blunt has actually worked quite well because I have found that if anyone doesn't like it, when I go, no, I'm not going to offer a discount, they might throw some expletives my way. But I then treat that as like, I saved myself a problem later on because they don't respect me. And I often say to them, what business do you do? And they run a shop. And I go, right, someone comes in, they want to buy a car, but they're not going to pay the full price. Would you, would you knock it down? They're not going to pay the full price for an item of clothing. Do you halve it for them? Um, work with a solicitor. They charge $400 per hour. I go, what if someone desperately needed your help, but they could only afford $100? He was like, we wouldn't work with them. And it's like going, so why do you think it should be any different for us? And the re one of the reasons is, and I've mentioned this before to people, is I don't know how you feel about this, but web designers are often seen to be the lowest of the low. So if you're in a room with people, go, oh, what do you do? Oh, I run a shop. Oh, cool. What do you do? Oh, I run a garage. Oh, cool. What do you do? Oh, I'm a web designer. Oh, that must be really easy. They think we have an easy job. They think we just like magically create websites like that. And I think it's because nowhere really, I mean, look, when was the last time you saw a program on Netflix about web designers? Whenever was there a documentary about web designers and what we do? So often we are like, um, people don't understand us. You know, they think we can, you know, and I, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. Because there's too many adverts out there that say, hey, you can build a website in 30 minutes. The GoDaddy adverts and stuff, you know, you can do it in 30 minutes. People think it's really easy. So sometimes we have to turn around and go, no, you want a website that's going to double your income. 
you want a website that's going to help you grow your business, you know, it's going to cost X to do that. If you want a really cheap website, you can go over there, you can do it yourself. You know where I am. I'm not going anywhere, but my price is my price. And that's something that the moment I made that mindset change to not devalue what I bring to the table or what I do, I started finding I was now getting higher premium clients. And all of the smaller clients, I don't mean that in a rude way, but I don't miss them because I would rather build one website for, say, $5,000 than 10 websites for $500 because, you know, one, I could, I'd rather get spend one week than 10 weeks working with people who basically, they don't care about you. You know, they'll email you. They'll, oh, change this, change that. Oh, increase the size of my logo, change the wording. You know, 100 changes. And now I'm very like, um, I'm very blunt on what, what I will do for the price. And if I don't like it, uh, I don't worry. If it means that's one less website and I've lost, I've lost out on, say, $500 because I never bank on it, in fact, I can tell you now, when I do get paid, I never take the money out of our business account, put it into my own personal account. I leave it there. I treat it like virtual money until I know they're happy, it's signed off, and now I take it in case they ever want a refund or if there's ever any issue. So I treat every job, every request, every... I mean, I get them all the time. Oh, might want to work with you, might want a website. I might send an email, but I treat it like we may never work together. If we do, great, but I'm not going to sit there and go, ah, 10 emails today. If each of them is $1,000, that's $10,000. Brilliant. No, I don't treat it like that. So if, I'm, if they walk away, I'm not upset. I don't feel like I missed out. I just treat it like, fine, whatever. Carry on with what else you got to do. You know, carry on with the YouTube video I've got to record and edit. Just just carry on with whatever else is on your, your task list and don't don't get upset by it. Yeah. I do oh. get very long answers, don't I? Well, I fair enough. Over to you, Kurt. I just that whole approach is so freeing because there's a ton of things I do all day long, and some of them generate revenue, right? And and a lot of it doesn't, but it's it's interesting the way to, to hear you say it the way that you do. It's pretty cool. Um, if we jump to another subject, it would be yeah. AI. And you've already mentioned AI today with like AI for art, AI for web, AI. For, I mean, everything's got AI now. I, we did I, a I whole show on AI. I don't I, even know what I'd use today. No, I, 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 I absolutely love it. The minute I jumped onto the, the chat GPT train, um, over a year ago, creating social media posts, creating content for websites when your client hasn't got a clue, just yeah. being able. I mean, I could find a video on YouTube, get the transcript, stick it into chat GPT and say, summarize this for me without even watching the video. I mean, digital art, creating things, it's so much fun. And I know some people are worried about AI. And I keep saying AI is a tool. It's no different to when Excel first came about or calculators or PowerPoint. Everything out there is a tool. You still need the human. I do not believe that you're ever going to get a full-blown AI web designing tool because someone still needs to speak to the client or the customer to refine it. What AI will do is make it quicker. So maybe AI will generate a website in five minutes but you're still going to need me. Um, and if we ever got to a point where AI did take away web design, well, you can either sit there and cry and, and complain, or you can find something else to put your time into. So you can find another area, another niche, something else to put your, your skills, transfer your skills. But I think AI is... Um, no, I do have a complaint, actually. I do have a complaint about AI. <laughs> There's too much. I struggle to keep up to date with every day there's a new tool and I'm going, I'll tell you what we're missing. Um, 
And if you know someone who can do this really well, get them to do it. We need a dedicated YouTube channel that does that actually tells me the best tool to use. So there's all these image generation tools. There's all these tools for productivity. Don't just tell me what you've been sponsored to tell me. Tell me the goddamn truth. Tell me what is the best tool to use for um, scheduling social media posts. That's what's missing because I, I do feel like every day there is something new and I, 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 get, I feel flooded. Well, I signed up for a, a lifetime AI tool that would help me generate custom songs. Oh, wow. And I'll tell you right now, uh, that sucks. Don't sign up for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was looking yeah. forward to your show, there. Oh, there we go. You were going to like play something. And I think that's the problem in that, like, um, you can't get away from TikTok videos and YouTube shorts and, and, and blogs and newsletters. And every single one of them will say, this is the best tool to use. And then you realize, I'll tell you what, um, hey, Jen. So there's been loads of adverts about AR avatars. And hey, Jen, um, you, you, you do, I think, like a third, two minute recording and it takes your face and your voice and it generates an avatar, you, right? I tried it. I can't, it's probably the worst AI avatar tool I have ever come across. But everyone out there on TikTok and YouTube is promoting it. But it's rubbish, and I think that's what we're missing. Well, some some of the tools, I've invested a bit of money, and they, they've made a big difference. But I, there's one tool, B, it's called Be Human, and it looks oh. fabulous. And um, I bought bought into it, and it's never worked from day one. And oh. the support, um, I think, at WP Tonic um, with Kirk and my 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 other team members. We do a fantastic job on support. We really do try and be as supportive as possible with our hosting and WordPress. But it's some of the worst support I've ever come across from no. this company. And um, it's just unbelievable. Their core product doesn't work. They And they keep sending me emails and... Um, it's just hilarious. Um, I would be ashamed in running a company like that, but no. Uh, um, but it is what it is, isn't it? So I think um, I've got I've got the last question. Um, and being you're from the UK, you probably understand. I think some of our American guests, I think some of them understand Doctor Who, but some of them <laughs> have no idea what I'm talking about. I think they about. do. I think they do. Yeah. Right. So. If you had your own time machine, your top TARDIS, um, and you could go back to the beginning, I don't know where you would go back to because you've had an in, uh, interesting path anyway. Um, is there anything that you wish you, if you were advising yourself, mentoring yourself, that you could just say to yourself that would assist yeah, you? Yeah, no, I think that... Um... I think if I could go back, say, five years previously as uh, to about 2018 to when I was really taking it seriously, I was watching a lot of YouTube videos. I was learning and observing what other people do. And, you know, I was on LinkedIn and all these places. I just did not use it. And I now regret that I didn't start putting myself out there more because I, because look, you know, in the last two years, things have really developed. You build a brand, you build a personality, people get to know you, uh, people want to work with you or, you know, uh, talk to you, whatever. And I just wish I'd started it five years ago because um, I, I could have, but I didn't because I didn't, I wasn't brave enough. I was scared. I thought, oh, you know, there's all these experts who are my, but you know what? Everyone starts somewhere, you know, everyone. So if, if anyone out there wants to create a channel about WordPress or web design or how to run a business, go and do it. You want to get yourself onto social media and you're being lazy, stop being lazy, get on and do it. Um, I should have started um, scaling upwards. I should have started being more blunt about how I'm going to run the business and what prices I'm going to charge. 
I, I need to, I, if I could go back five years, it was literally being more hard and, and not chasing the pound signs. You know, I was earning a great salary five years ago, really good salary. I was very happy. But even then, when someone said, I'm only going to pay $50 for a website, I was like, okay, cool. Why? Why was I doing that? Why was I letting myself be taken advantage of? And I think one of the things I do a lot now, and I try to release a video every week about business advice is I keep saying to people, don't get taken for a ride. Don't get, don't, even when you're struggling, right? Don't accept the worst deal on the table, even when you're struggling, because that worst deal might help you to go and buy some fish and chips. But if you're going to go to sleep worried, panicking, how do I satisfy this client? How do I build this website? I told them I could do WooCommerce, but I don't know how to do WooCommerce. That stress is going gonna, is gonna to wreck your mind and your family and everything. And, it, and it's not worth it. You know, was that $100 really worth all that stress? So I feel like if I could go back in time, I wish someone had just put me in a corner and gone, don't, don't say yes to everything, right? Even if, you, even if you're going to struggle a bit, I'd rather struggle a bit than... I've worked with some really bad people, really nasty. I think everybody has. Haven't they? Yeah, I, I, I used to think. I used to think it was just me, and I was in. <laughs> I was incompetent. No, and, no. But, but on the other hand, you do have to have um, business processes. Yeah. Um, I think what a lot of web um, people in this space is, if you leave a vacuum, that vacuum will be filled. And if you just let projects just drift and you allow clients just just to provide material and there's nothing in the contract about how long a project will be left open and then you have to rebid it. And if there's nothing there, it's just a vacuum, that vacuum will be filled and that vacuum will be filled by the client. And the client um, will not... Even if the project gets finished in the end, months and months after it should be, they will take no responsibility. They they will blame you because um, you took that check. So if there's a vacuum, that be aware that vacuum is going to be filled by the client, and it's not going to go that well. Can I say, there's one bit of advice I would also say that I wish I could have had five years ago, and I think everyone should take note of this. Throughout social media now, there are so many videos saying, overnight, you could change your life and career and make $10,000. You mean that book, that book from the App Sooner guy that reckons you can build oh, yeah, a, million, yeah. a million dollar business over yes, a weekend? Yeah, yeah. You, I think and, you're talking um, about that particular No, no, oh, it's just... Um, and people are buying it and believing it. And what I keep saying to everyone is patience, right? You will not make $10,000 a week or a month just like that. It will take time and you may never get there or you may exceed it, but it takes time, okay? So don't, just because someone has said, hey, I'm a web designer and I've got a seven-figure you know, salary per year. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if they use AI to make the video pretend they got values. I don't believe half the social media influencers out there that are saying, hey, buy my course and do this and whatever. I don't, don't fall for that. If they've done it, great. But you don't know for sure. Take time right. And you will get to where you need to get to. But don't rush into things. Don't panic. Don't, don't try and do a million things. What you want to do is find two or three things that you know or you think you can do and do them really well. Like, you know, really put your all into them. If they fail, they fail. Move on to something else. If they succeed, keep building on it. Um, and because I, five years ago, I was like, I'll do this. I'll do a bit of that. And I was stretching myself thin. Um, whereas now, I still stretch myself. Big. You waste your time coming on a particular podcast. I know. Don't I know, you? I know. There we go. You could have been making another. But you enjoy it more, but you enjoy but it. You've been a good guest, though. Yeah. You've taken, and hopefully, you will come agree to come back on the show. I think. Yeah. Look, whenever, whenever, whenever you want. So, you know, let me know. Let me know. Yeah. So, Imran, 
Um, what is the best way to find out more about you and and the subjects you're passionate about? I'll tell you what, just 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 go to Google, do a search for Web Squadron. Uh, we got a YouTube channel, we got a Facebook group as well. But hey, I think I put out a video every other day at the moment, sometimes two or three a day. But you know, if you ever want to just do a search for Web Squadron, got a web design agency as well. I don't just do videos, but uh, I love connecting with people. And most of all, I love to know I've made a difference. Um, and if I've done that, I sleep well. Well, we've... Um, I think Kurt jumped off. Yeah, I, I think Kurt's he had his... had to leave. I think he had uh, uh, another point. He did. But, um, but I've really enjoyed the discussion. Hopefully you come back, I think. if um, And also um, jo- join the WP Tonic YouTube channel. We're posting videos and content that you, the WordPress professional, will find useful. And it does show your support. We'll be... We got. I, I know I regularly say it, but we got like this interview this week. We got some fabulous guests coming up in April and March, and I'm sure you're going to be delighted by the discussions, the knowledge that our guests are prepared to share. We will be back soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.